If you are goal-oriented, you will make every excuse in the book as to why you can't connect or you don't want to connect or why you think women don't understand you or why they don't get you or why it's just too much energy. But it's not the truth. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. I should start my own meditation now. You should. But I should also make sure there's lip sounds. It is. <laughs> it is. My mom has that. Like, I think everyone has it. She always it. goes. Oh, man. And she eats lots of yogurt. What? <laughs> oh, my God. She loves dairy products. Mm. And she always makes that noise. Because you have you f- to make that noise with your mouth because you're like about to choke on it. Would you feel differently if it was a coconut yogurt? Probably. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would feel good about it if it was coconut yogurt. <laughs> I grew up with a with a wonderful dad who was insanely crazy about manners. And so like eating at the dinner table was the most stressful part of my day. Cause it was like <laughs> it was like one chew with your mouth closed, no elbows on the table, don't stab your food, like don't wipe your top lip with your uh cup all these weird things that I was like hyper aware of. And then when anybody else would do it in my everyday life, I'd be annoyed. Mm. It was so bad. I'm like, I'm definitely healed now. What did you guys like? That sounds like, it's like, what'd you talk about at dinner? Were you guys having fun? Uh, No, I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think, well, we, we, early on, we like watched TV. Oh yeah. There was a little TV in the kitchen. Yeah, I feel that. And then if we, we never weren't had that, but I feel that. We're watching TV. It was like usually like dinner with my dad was on the weekends and then mm. just us. Mm-hmm. But like all of us had it in us. So mm-hmm. we'd be like, close your mouth. Da-na-na. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so bad. Because you're just looking for something to pick. Yeah, of course. So bad. So, so I went to Lori Harder's book launch. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. It was Great. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was at Wonderless Hollywood. I went with Danielle um, Pacenti, which was so fun. And then I sat next to one of our listeners, Gina, mm. which was awesome. And it was just amazing. She just turns on, man. Like she is so good with the crowd. Yeah. It's crazy. She's, tapped she's in. so charismatic. She's so tapped in. She's so funny and quick. Like I was mm. like so impressed. Wow. It's amazing. So it got me really pumped about the book and it got me pumped about like the message and everything like that. So I'm really excited about this interview. I'm excited about her approach to creating tribe and her approach to friendship mm-hmm. and kind of just providing a platform and space for people to show up for you in the way that you need them to. 
Um, and I'm really inspired by the calls that she has. So the groups, you know, where she has the support groups with yeah. women. It's, I mean, that's so smart. It's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, we had to divide and conquer that night. So I wasn't able to make the book launch, but mm-hmm. um, I see Lori on the regular in my Soul Cycle class and she's just one, always a light and always just so encouraging for what we are doing. And that just is a testament to kind of like her life's purpose is mm-hmm. to really elevate women. And um, she's always so present with me. And I know she's doing a hundred things in a day and she really takes the time to like be present and comment on things that we're doing like in real time. And it's just so sweet. And yeah, this book is is really incredible. I mean, it's been years and years in the making. Her story is really uh, powerful and you'll you'll uh, learn about it in the book. But the way this book is outlined is makes it so easy to understand. So she outlines it in a way that you're able to build this community in a new way. So it's not your typical, like, how do I make friends? How do I like get together a group? Um, it's understanding the why of the tribe, which is so important. And then also incorporating sacred agreements, which she's outlined in the book and we'll talk about on the podcast. And then also just a new way of belonging to yourself. So really recommitting to yourself as you become a part of this tribe of women is so important because as we all know, if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of other people and lift other people up. So this book is just so dynamic and should be on every woman's bedside table. That book is called A Tribe Called Bliss, Breakthrough Superficial Friendships, Create Real Connections, Reach Your Highest Potential. Um, And the uh, forward is by Gabrielle Bernstein. So yeah, we're just so excited to chat with Lori today. We know you guys will love her. Um, She's just a girl's girl and she hasn't always been like that. We talk about that too, you know, being a girl's girl. Yeah. Kind of something that for some of us didn't always come naturally or we were conditioned in another way and kind of had to yeah. break that. Wasn't a girl's girl, I Me don't either. think. Because I was a slut. <laughs> so I was well, like it, fucking everyone's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stage. So like, girls suck. They don't understand me. And they're like, you literally <laughs> fucked my boyfriend. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Well, we learn, we oh, live, I didn't we really learn. get it. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard. Like you're in seventh and eighth grade. Everyone is hell. It's hell on earth. I also think it's learned before that. I also, you know what I mean? Like, at yeah. least for me. I never really hung out with girls when I was little. Yeah. So I don't. Because I, I wasn't a girly girl, so. Yeah, same. I don't think it was just because you were a slut. Because <laughs> I was a slut. <laughs> well, they told me I was a slut, so I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I just didn't really. in like. Uh, I don't know how this is going to come off, but um, in high school, I'm attracted to people that are funny, period, the end. Mm -hmm. And in high school, it's very hard to be a girl and feel comfortable enough in your skin to be outwardly funny. Mm. So I didn't really find any girls that were like making me laugh a lot. Totally. So I really just wanted to hang out with people that made me laugh. Yeah. And that was mostly dudes that I hung out with. Dudes are comfortable in their freaking skin. Yeah, and they're just honest. Like they would just say honest stuff to me and like make fun of me. I can make fun of them. Like I really like that dynamic. Like that's Mm -hmm. sort of like the dynamic and how I like to like operate. Yeah. So that's why too. But um, what I liked about the book was that it's like, it actually makes women supporting women tangible. 
So it's like, we always talk about like, how do you support women? And this actually gives like a roadmap for that. How exactly, what does it look like if you were to support women in this way? So that's why I like it. Yeah, we're excited for you to to jump into this one with Lori. She's super cool, super crisp. Oh, and and quick, quick, uh, for our tour, Lori Mm. is going to be sending uh, this book. So if you are attending, you will receive the book. Mm -hmm. So- Grab those tickets. Yeah, so almost30podcast.com slash tour. So we are updating the event pages for each of the tour dates as we go on um, with locations, with exact times, and then with the other special guests that we have. So we look forward to seeing you on tour. We're so thankful to Hum Nutrition for being the marquee sponsor for our tour. Um, You know, eternally grateful for you guys for supporting us and for showing up with us on this tour and to our other sponsors uh, for the tour where we couldn't do it without you. So thanks. Yeah. So excited. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode. Join our secret Facebook group. Let us know what you think. Yes. Rate. Um, please rate and, and review. Rate and review. As always, we read them all. I usually yeah, wake up to a bunch. So much. Yeah, they're so sweet. The so, more ratings and reviews, the more cities we can have events in. Yeah, man. That's the key. That's <laughs> yeah, the ticket. That's what we need. <laughs> all right, guys. Enjoy this episode. Well, here we are in... The closest thing to I've seen that's like yeah. kind of heaven in a home to my dream. <laughs> Truly. Um, I walked out, but I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is it. Expander moment. It Lori is, Harder. yeah, honestly. Um, we're so Aww. excited to have you on again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful to be on again. Yeah. yeah. Knowing you're like, your book comes out and I'm like, well, they have me on again. Obviously. <laughs> we emailed like too early. <laughs> we were like, I think we should wait until the book's coming out. <laughs> I was like, I wrote my first sentence. Can I be honest? Again? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when you know. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so weird that so much has happened. We had you on when, when was you that? were ideating. I think you were starting or ideating. Oh. Or <laughs> we we were on, you were writing it. Like, I mean, it's just weird to think about. Like, we've grown in that time, but you've also written an entire book that, like, feels probably mm. like, like, what do you feel like now? Do you feel naked? What do I feel like, no. I feel awesome now that yeah. it's out of my body. Yes. <laughs> like, Do you feel free? For the most part, you know, it's really interesting because there's this part of the launch. So now, you know, just like yeah. you guys, you create a program or you create a book, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you're now so excited because now it's the fun time to get it out into the world, but now you have to learn how to get it out into the world. And I think this is such an important conversation, not just about the book, but around like truly how do women support women? Because, you know, it's it's crazy as the book is coming out more. I'm like, I already know what my next book is. Like, how do we truly support a woman? Oh my God. Because I, through the yes, whole thing, it was like, I'll be there for you. I'll do this. And and honestly, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Now I have to go and actually ask and really make sure that people are showing up for me. So in the beginning, you have to make sure that people are, or you have to ask, you have to yeah. put your your big asks out there. Yeah. <laughs> your big ass is mm-hmm. out there yeah. as well. <laughs> like, you have to get out there. Otherwise, it's not going to get out. It's just not. So I think that's huge for women to hear that they think you write a book and now it's like, oh, it's all smooth sailing. You guys, you are the marketer of your life, like of everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So now how does it feel? It feels amazing. But now I'm also in another space of how do I make sure, like how do I make this message enticing enough and exciting enough for people to want to share it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to just 
I didn't write a book to just write it and not have people read it mm-hmm. because that is, you know, it's like the message within it is about so much more than, I don't know, what the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's about how to support women, how to make sure that we're all showing up for each other in right. such a huge way and actually having deep connections that support our entire lives. Because mm-hmm. I believe that so many of us are walking around feeling pretty empty, no matter how, and you know, Linz, this is like such a uh, an amazing topic, like especially for someone who's in what you do, like mm-hmm. an instructor of like bringing people through an experience and connecting people and mm-hmm. people really believe they're connecting in that and they are, but what happens outside of the room? I know. It's not enough. It's not it enough. It's the yeah. beginning. It's it's not even the beginning. It's the, it's a part of it. There are so many parts and it's like, mm-hmm. how do we get people actually excited about sharing who they are and everything and saying, oh my God, me too. Mm-hmm. You know, not just bonding over drama, but also what keeps us up at night? What are we excited mm-hmm. about? How can I help you in your mission? So yeah, that's where I'm at right now with the book is just how do I make sure this gets out? And we're in that. Mm. We're in that. And I'm seeing a lot of amazing things stick and I'm seeing a lot of ideas not work at all. Mm. Um, and also releasing my expectation around the book and allowing it to have a life of its own without my like yeah. mom pushing it. Go meet your friends. Like yes, that's how I feel honestly. about this book. Like, okay, Lori, ease up. Like release the clause, yeah. you know? It's so. like the book is going to be, but I'm going to force it to be something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like... I will force, brute force, yeah. whatever in my Absolutely. life to do something. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like your community, uh, yeah, they're right or die. Because you created that well in advance of this book, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's going to, one, fall into their hands and and truly like they have an energy about them where they're going to pass it along mm-hmm. to someone who needs mm-hmm. it. But I, I want to take it back to we've known you for a long time now, but what was that moment where you decided that it was time to write this and mm. to share your story and be so open and vulnerable. Mm. Well, there's a couple pieces there. Um, so why did I decide to write it? Well, I was, you, you kind of, your career naturally kind of progresses like, okay, what am I good at? Okay, I owned a gym. Okay, I see that women really need connection and they need mindset like more than they, you know, might even need the physical part of moving the body. We know we can move it all day long, but if you don't take care of the mind, it was like, nothing is going to happen for you that's actually going to stick and bring massive fulfillment. So for me, I wanted to start creating these events where they would go and you'd have fitness as a foundation or moving as a foundation or like really connect over, yeah, we like to move or we have this in common, but what if we actually worked on the internal game as well? So then I had this event and it was amazing. It was incredible to watch all these women crack open in this space. And I would see all of the messages afterward of how do we get the magic back that happened in the room? Like I'm, I, I'm mm-hmm. two weeks, like my life has changed. Yes, things are different. And yeah, they had massive impact as the year went on, but they couldn't quite create that magic or those connections that happened in the room. So they got a taste of it. And they're like, I don't know how to do this back home, translating it to there aren't like-minded people by me. I was like, no, what's actually happening in the room? That's when I knew I had to write a book about what is actually happening. How can this book be the facilitator of the experiences once I am not there? Because I was facilitating agreements between them. And it's like, okay, if you can go into a relationship, a new one, or if you can already take your existing relationships and actually you know, use these scripts of here's what you say to say, hey, you know, I really love and respect you. I'd love to take this relationship like even deeper if you're interested in a deeper connection, except that alone would scare the shit out of people because mm-hmm. they're like, what is 
deeper connection mean? Like how much time do you need? Like, I don't know if I want to share, you know, my whole life yet. Mm -hmm. So you also have to go in with like agreements and boundaries saying it's only going to be X amount of time. It's not going to be your whole life. You know, this could be every other week for an hour or once a month for an hour. But if you have these agreements and boundaries within that hour, you can do more work within that hour, which is what we did at the event, right? People were saying they knew people better in 30 minutes of like, uh, an experience mm-hmm. that we created through questions and, you know, sacred space that you're not, uh, you both agree this isn't going anywhere and like everything is great. We're not judging, you know, we're not comparing, we're not criticizing, we're just allowing to show up as is. And I thought, what would happen if they could just dive deeper in that hour if they had these same agreements? So that's really what the book is, is I wanted, um, cause I don't know about you guys, but I became like a self-development junkie and I still, and I felt so much better. Like my life was changing. I was accomplishing things. Amazing things were happening, but I was still feeling semi-lonely. Like, you you know, you have each other. That's beautiful. You get to do stuff together. But even that, it's like, how do we create these connections and really have these tribes where we feel like we can dive deep into what we need mm-hmm. faster? Because you don't have a lot of time when you're going after your dream. You might have one lunch with someone that you're like, boy, I wish I could have just connected at a soul level a little bit quicker. Like, I think we could have went there and really got the juicy stuff right away, which is why we do a podcast, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the small talk that happens like for way too long. And you're mm-hmm. like, wait, wait, wait. That's like, I get that, but like, that's not what I wanted from you because I know you have so much more to yeah. give. And it's it also doesn't give space for people to be themselves in that, mm-hmm. that like surface level totally. interaction. Yeah. Totally. And it happens all the time. I've gone to so many dinners with women where I'm really excited. It's like I leave and my soul still feels a bit empty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm probably a little drunk and I'm full. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, like, I, know. I did it again. I like, yes, more chips oh, and guac. Oh. Yes, because I'm just like numbing, right? I'm just yeah. like, when are we going to yes. get to the good stuff? Uh, like, when can I, like, another margarita so I can be myself. Please, like social dinner. lubricant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> Cause it's just like, well, my thing is too, is I don't, I guess there's vulnerability in authenticity. So Mm -hmm. I don't need every conversation to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. necessarily, but I need people to be authentic, Mm -hmm. you know? So sometimes I'm afraid, like if someone gets a little too vulnerable, too quick for me in a conversation, it feels a little inauthentic Mm -hmm. because there hasn't been the boundaries established that you talked about or anything like that. You know, we don't have a mutual understanding of each other or, you know, where we're coming from. But for me, it's really important. Like you talked about is the authenticity of a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, are you being authentic Mm -hmm. to like what's going on? So if that's, you had a great day and you really don't have anything to say, great. That makes me really happy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? As long as you are being true to like what's actually going on in your life. Mm -hmm. I love that. And honestly, stating that. So I think authenticity is a huge part of just stating how you feel or, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is where I'm at, or this is where I'm at, or I'm feeling kind of quiet today or, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to just show up and listen or whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like. But we're so afraid to actually say how we feel. And then there's these expectations of always needing to show up to something as who we think they want us to be. And then we just end up, I mean, especially in LA, honestly, we end up just not connecting because it's too much expectation of, you know, even if you had an amazing connection, you're like, well, I don't feel that same way. Like I don't feel as outgoing today. I don't feel like I want to get all dressed up. Like I met her at that networking event and I looked amazing. And I was like, you know, on, on point. And I was really funny that day. And today I'm like in my sweatpants having a total shit day. Mm -hmm. So I just don't want to 
have to go. Like mm-hmm. if I think it's going to have to be always that heightened experience. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just, I love that you said that because it's just saying where you're at, mm-hmm. but also forgiving yourself. Like mm-hmm. how often is it because we just can't let ourself off the hook? Mm-hmm. It's like, we can't just be, I know so many times when I've been authentic and been like, oh my God, no, they're not going to like me mm-hmm. because I didn't like, I wasn't that person who raised up everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I was especially touched by like the beginning of the book where you shared your story. Mm. So to connect more with the reader Mm -hmm. and um, I just wanted to know, uh, obviously people are going to read the book, but that moment at the pool, I just Mm. like, I felt you like, I just, you jumping into the pool Bless, bless you, Krista. Uh-huh. You got it. I held it in. That was amazing. I was like, so talented. I mind trick. Let it out, girl. I know. I actually really am supportive of people letting out their sneezes, but I didn't need to. I got rid of it. It kind of stresses me out when people hold it in. Literally, my dad does, and it stresses me out. I'm like, you're gonna kill yourself someday. Anyways, back to the pool. Back to the pool. Um, but was. My question is like before that, was there ever this sense of yourself and your the way you looked or how you felt mm. like, or was it just that one moment? Mm. So set the scene of the realization. Yeah, of uh, the realization. Mm. Like it seems so instant, and everything changed. And mm. I just like that. Like just said to like express to me like the power of like that self awareness through other people's eyes mm. is like can be something that we're not aware of. Maybe we're judging people and we say something or we give a look and it could change everything for Mm. someone. So what did that feel like? Oh man. So, I mean, there were moments before that and I'll I'll go back to it just so the listeners can know, but there was a point where I, I was just such a free spirit. I remember feeling that like I literally remember even feeling like no one can contain me. Like I'm just wild and I'm funny. Like yeah. I'm just a weirdo. Like I loved it. Like yes. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a lot of it back now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But look how many years that is from there. But there was that sense of just like self, full self-expression. Like what was coming through was not being stopped. Okay. That is freedom. Like mm-hmm. the, when you're just, you're just a conduit for who you are, like your personality to come through. And, you know, we, we all know about what happens with stuck energy. It's really, it can manifest into some really painful things, if not disease, sickness, so many other things. So, um, yeah, at a really young age, there was a group of kids from my congregation and it was time to, it was like a pool party time. So, and I'm obsessed with the pool because it means like cannonballs. It means swimming. It was just a, we didn't do a lot growing up because of the religion. So I wasn't in a lot of other sports and things like that. So anything like that, cause I'm a very physical person. Um, I was so excited about. So we went to the pool and I was super excited because my crush was there. I almost said his name. I won't say his name. But it's <laughs> I was going to say, I wish I could say his name. I was like, uh, Matt, Ben, Brian, <laughs> Nick. We'll leave him out of this. Yeah. Tyler. It's, a fun, it's like one of those funny names too that you're like, uh, your crush's name was not that name. And I'm like, uh, sure was. <laughs> so anyway, um, we were at the pool and I had two other friends growing up who were really, they were just the toothpick friends. I was not the toothpick. Like my whole family was overweight and I wasn't super overweight, but I was chubby. Like I didn't, and I, I actually, so when you ask, I knew that, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know. I knew I looked different. You know, I didn't have the moments of like, 
I didn't know people were separating that yet. So for me, uh, they were all lined along the pool. We were all watching each other jump off the diving board and I had gone up on the diving board, super excited. I was like, oh, this is it. Like I'm locking this deal in with this guy. Like he's just mm-hmm. gonna fall in love with me because I'm so talented. <laughs> <laughs> that is still the fantasy. One can of I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Watch me walk. Watch me on this diving board. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. I don't need a second for that. Okay. So I'm up there literally, honestly going through my head, like, what's the most impressive thing I can do right now? And it was just a second, like it was a split second and I could hear them saying something and I just tuned in and they were yelling whale. And it was just this moment of... I'd gone to the edge and I realized they were saying it. And it's like a part of you is like, well, could that be a good thing? (laughs) Oh my God. You're like, yeah, I'm going to crush this cannonball like a whale. (laughs) (laughs) It's like with the grace of a whale. And it was, no, that wasn't it at all. And then, and then I heard, don't jump in the pool. There won't be any water left for us. And it was this moment as a girl, Mm. a girl, as a girl, you know what I mean? Where it's like, all of a sudden I was, it was an instant, like a shame to be in my body. Like, Wow. And it felt like they couldn't even see me. It was, that's all they could see. And it was this disconnect of myself from my own physical body in an instant. It was like, I hate this vehicle I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it just was loathing. And, and it, I remember the feeling and I jumped in the water. And I think this is so important for people to hear how young of an age that is too. It's just like, at like 11 years old, you you are so self-aware. I jumped in the water and I just sobbed and I remember crying and crying mm-hmm. and crying um, and like, you know, just the bubbles coming up because it was just pain. I couldn't even hold it in anymore. Mm-hmm. And like sinking, thinking, I don't ever want to come up. But then there was this moment of, it was just this, all I remember is a sentence. It was like, I'll show you. Who says that? Like, mm-hmm. where did that even come from? But I'm so grateful for it, even though the driver may not have been, even though the driver may not have been positive in that moment, it was still a flip. So sometimes when people are like, yeah, but do you think that was a negative driver? Sometimes the carrot, you can't, you, you can't look at the carrot yet as long as the carrot is driving you to mm-hmm. something sometimes because the other side would have not been great. So I took that energy of just wait because I actually felt my soul. It was like, well, if you can't see me right now, like I can see me. Isn't that an interesting thought at such a young age? I was like, I don't know what's going to make you see me, but actually I can tell you what I thought was going to make them see me was just making myself so strong physically that I would never be uh, like hurt again. And that's what I started working towards was, okay, if your external is strong, if your external is beautiful, if your external looks a certain way, then you'll never be touched. Like it'll be, you know, your armor. So I legitimately started building like muscle as armor. I went to weights at a young age. Mm. I'd get in shape girl weights at like that age. I asked for them, like dumbbells, (laughs) sweatband, isn't that? How did you know? Like, if you're, you said your family wasn't like into fitness as much and, and, and diet wise, it wasn't as in that vein of mm-hmm. being healthy? Like, where, how did you know about that? Yeah. Like friends or like- um, so Honestly, I remember game. TV. Okay. Uh, there was something on ESPN. There was like Ms. Fitness America. Mm. Started way, way back in the day. But I also watched gymnasts and gymnastics. Yeah. So it was, mm-hmm. I knew, 
I was so intrigued by gymnasts and also when these fitness routines came. And then I understood what fitness was because they kind of talked about it. And then I um, started hearing about this world of fitness magazines. So at like 12 and 13, I started asking my mom to buy fitness magazines, but there was really only men's magazines. So I would um, look for the women's section within the men's magazines. You guys, this is so old school. I would go to the library in Xerox. It was 10 cents a copy. Um, I would Xerox exercise moves from workout books. And I made a binder that I carried with me everywhere. It was like this pink binder of workout moves with these women in it. And like, I put like workout like on the outside. Oh, it's like your first vision board. Oh that my was. God. I mean, you were manifesting. Totally. Wow. Oh, and I did all, so my closet doors, I had two of them. It was all like workout stuff the, from top to bottom magazines. Wow. So I just became like What's your obsessed. family? Did your family know about the day? Did they know that kids were saying anything to you? Do you know? I think remember? they had an idea, but I didn't tell them because I actually just had a conversation with my mom, one of the toughest conversations ever because yeah. um, I, you, we also, especially if you're an empath, I think in your family, like I was the peacemaker. I was the goofy one. I was always the one if there were problems because there was a lot of stress growing up mm. um, just around money and and just a lot of different things going on business. My dad had lost his business a couple of times. So I felt my mom's stress in such a huge way that mm. for me, I wanted to be the peacemaker at all times. Mm. So even when stuff was going on in school, when I, you know, cause I was only homeschooled through high school, middle school and grade school or in our church or whatever that was, like I literally would not tell them. Like my sister knew things were going on because things were going on with her as well. But I would never tell my mom because it was the one peaceful place at home where I was just me. I didn't have to drag it in. And also I never wanted to rock the boat. I was like, why would I tell my mom that these huge things are happening at school? Plus, if you're being bullied or made fun of, the last thing you want is for your mom to come in and be like, did you make fun of my daughter? Because there's repercussion from your friends from that. Mm -hmm. These friends aren't going anywhere. These are like Mm -hmm. the kids I'm stuck with in this religion because I can't hang out with other people. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just, you know, you did what you did in the 80s and you were just like, that really sucks. (laughs) And you... You figure it out. I don't know. You don't have it chasing you everywhere. So I don't think it was as intense. It's not like online and things like that now where I think there is, you know, if you can take care of it, that's great. But at the time you just, you didn't take care of it. You just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. I remember when I was like younger, I was like chubby too. And um, was whatever. But I remember I loved <laughs> this boy. And it was like, when I realized he didn't like me back, I was like, huh. You know, I was like, I don't know why it like hit me. I was like, like, it was like, he wouldn't even look mm. at me. I'm like, oh, like what's going on? Like, I really mm-hmm. like him. Like where there's just a disconnect where he doesn't Disconnect. Mm. I mean, honey, it was like real bad, but I was like, what? Why wouldn't he like me? Mm. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I have to share this one story. I don't think I've, I don't think I've shared yeah. it with Chris, but, but the kids are so mean. So again, yeah. with the boy that I'm in love with, with the name that I'll tell you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He, we were at a sleepover and this was like years later. And, you know, the, so the kids that were throwing a sleepover, it was like a brother and sister. So the the brother was closer to his age and the sister was, you know, having her friends over. So there was like double sleepover. That's like your dream, right? Mm -hmm. Like girls and boys Mm -hmm. in the same house, especially when we were so not allowed to like really connect. So they're on the side of the house, they're on the other. That's like (laughs) party of the century. Oh, our parents were never gone. But (laughs) somehow we managed to like be able to like intersect and what I didn't know was that he was dared to pretend to like me and ask me to be his girlfriend. So 
he came and was like, hey, can I talk to you? And pulled me aside and he was like, you know, I just haven't wanted to tell people all these years that I've like loved you. I like think you're amazing. And I just poured my heart out. I was like, I've loved you since blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, oh my God, do you think I would actually like you? This was a dare. And like, it was horrendous because oh like God. everyone knew on both sides. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? So, and I know that we've all had stuff like that happen, but these are moments where you yeah. are truly, like you are creating the story of protect mm-hmm. yourself. And that also went even more into like walls, walls, walls. Don't believe what people say. Like this isn't, this mm-hmm. isn't reality. Like it's all you. So that's also another thing with the book is like, I just started going back to all the times when I told myself this story, like it's only you, you only have you. Mm -hmm. And it's just not the truth. I mean, how many of us say that? You know, like if you want to get anywhere or do anything in your life, like you better just do it yourself. And it's, you're going to hit a glass ceiling or you're going to be super lonely and depressed. Mm -hmm. And it takes massive vulnerability Mm -hmm. to take those walls down. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even saying with this book or with like all of these different things that you're going to be safe because you're not, because it's like someone is still going to disappoint you. But if we kept on, you know, if we gave up on relationships, um, like we did, if we wanted to date or find a partner or a spouse, it's like, we're so committed to that because we also know the vision of what we want. So I think we have to have a vision of what we want in our life. We have to have a vision of, you know, sisters and tribes and support around our business, around our relationships, around our physicality, around our fitness. And if we don't create like this vision and hold it of what we truly desire in our life, we're never going to go after it because we're going to go back to the pain. You know, we're going to keep thinking of the pain instead of letting ourselves be pulled by the vision because it's so easy to take things personally when we're trying to connect with women and we're all busy, right? It's like, well, I've asked her three times and she said, no, I must be like a total creeper. (laughs) Like now I'm a weirdo. That level, like innately, we kind of all have those little bad habits where Mm -hmm. we judge or we take people for granted or whatever it is. So what was your first like taste of a a relationship with a friend, Mm -hmm. female friend that you were like, oh, wow, this is how it should Mm, be. This is what feels good. I think the first real one. Oh, well, okay. So this also goes into the story. So the... Um, in my thirties, there was a woman who I connected with like so deeply, like sister deeply. Mm -hmm. Like I really felt like, oh, this is like a long lost sister. Mm -hmm. And it was three years of just almost seeing each other every single day, like walks, runs. It was absolutely amazing. It was insanely amazing. And what, what happened is we really built, like we were also working together as far as I was helping her with her body. She was also like helping me with a business, So we had this mutually like amazing interest. Things were going incredible. And I do not even know what happened. I think some things happened like in her life and in business and we moved away and that connection, that daily connection was not there. I can also see some things pattern wise in her, you know, history and then pattern wise in my history that did not help add to whatever was going on. Long story short, because I'm very much in a really great place with her now, like just in a loving, like we're good where we're at, like we're not connected now. Um, But energetic wise, after doing so much work, it was, it was a lot of gossip started on her end. And I just, it was like, Uh, You know, I didn't quite have the tools yet to manage what was going on. So 
So I was going to the attack back and it was just not, it was like a really ugly situation. So again, I was like, see, I opened myself up. Mm. I allowed myself to be really vulnerable. And now look what happened. Walls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then I meet another girl. And we also have this mutually um, vested interest in building each other's business and supporting ourselves along the way of like this vision in the stream. And the thing with her and I is we would talk about things that had happened. Like this is, I don't want to project this into our relationship. This is where I tend to close off. So if you notice me starting to like do something or get weird or maybe not connect to you right away, like just know that I'm like working through this. And she told me stuff too. Like, Mm. hey, I'm really... We decided we wanted to be committed to a relationship that would work no matter what came up. And that like gossip or comparison or jealousy, it was just like a no. It was a, there was a zero tolerance within this relationship, even talking about other people. Mm. So if we wanted to talk about other people, it would be with the intention of peace on the other side. So not that we can't process and we can't be like, I'm so pissed right now. This is what's happening or going on. But we also knew that we needed someone to hold us accountable to getting out of it Mm. because it's just shit energy, right? It's just stuck. It's awful. Like gossip is just such crappy energy to carry it all into even your favorite, into your most sacred relationships. Even if it's about someone else, it's like you're bringing that energy in. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is saying like, you're open to the idea of it, which could happen between you two later on. So Mm -hmm. if you say no to it altogether, you're protecting your most sacred relationship as well Mm -hmm. in, in that. But what happened with that one is it just kind of made me realize like this could work. Because we said these things in the beginning, like we were really open about our relationships before and that we had always wanted friends, we'd always wanted best friends, but this is where they were failing. So then after that, um, I had started becoming, also my intention was just to be more open. Like whenever I'd feel myself closing off, it was like, stay open, stay soft, like keep trying to connect, keep doing this thing. So when we had moved to California, cause I had zero friends at this point moving to California. Cause I had started a tribe back in Minneapolis. I had a gym. I had these incredible women like in my life, not super close, but always in my life, which is another conversation. Like they might be in your life and you feel like you're like, yeah, I'm good. I got all these women, but you're never actually deeply connecting with any of them. So you can feel empty. Anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I was at with that. But then I moved to California and have no one. And also when I moved here, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I like these women. Like I was, you know, put the lenses on that these women are like really self-absorbed or they don't want to connect or they're totally Mm -hmm. like these foreign creatures that I didn't understand. So then guess who only I was seeing? The people I was like, the lenses I was looking through. And a year in, I thought, I can't live like this anymore. Like this is ridiculous. I could hear the conversation in my head of how I was projecting onto them what I thought. Like even right down to like their accent. And I was like... God, they're going to like be total flakes. Oh God, here we go. (laughs) They're not going to show up. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Projection, projection. Wouldn't allow them to like be seen for who they are and for these amazing women who could offer value to my life in maybe one area, not my best friend checklist that I had these expectations on. Um, So I switched the lens because I had to. I was like, I'm either going to stay here or I'm going to have to move. Like I want to find friends here. I want to be rooted. Like I wanted to be rooted so bad. And I know that roots mean community. Like that's the only way to feel rooted. So I started going on friend dates. Like I just dated women every Monday. <laughs> and I would do it after Soul Cycle or after Orange Theory was my normal class. And I would say, let's just go for a coffee. I would search hashtags. I'd search like the Soul Cycle hashtag and I searched the Orange 
Orange Theory hashtag. I searched um, LA women's events hashtags, made one of my like most amazing friends through doing that. Um, Sarah Pendrick. Yeah. Okay. So I Mm -hmm. Insta stalked her. I was like, hey, we both do events. I'd love to see if I can support you, if you can support me, how we can support each other. I was like, no expectations. Let's just meet once, see if there's anything there. Mm -hmm. So what I realized that I did with that one literally one message because I went back to be like, what actually like really works well? And letting women off the hook immediately, setting your expectation, saying, I'd love to help support you, like show them it's an equal energy exchange. Let them know you're not going to be psycho, like as well as you can without sounding weird. But being like, hey, if we meet once, it's great, great. If not, awesome. Like you're off the hook. And zero, zero expectations around this meeting at all. But I really want to see if we can support each other because whether it's a, an event or whether it's fitness or whether it's fashion, whatever it is, it's like, I'm in this as well, or I'm really interested in this as well. Let's see if some of what I know could help you too, or you could help me or whatever that looks like. Um, you know, and you have to play with it and tweak it to see what, how people are responding. But I also had to be okay with a lot of rejection. I've sent you know, 50 messages that haven't been responded to. Or I've sent three to someone who like, they're like, yeah, okay, I'll get back to you. And then they just ghost on you. And that's okay too, because it's just like this world of, it's just like dating you guys. We think it's not, but it's the same exact thing. It's like, you're putting it out there. You're seeing who's interested. You're going and you're connecting. So every single Monday I was connecting with a new person um, and making these amazing connections. Some of them were not, and that was great. Like, Mm -hmm. Because they were quick. They were 30 minutes. You know, you can either do the workout and do 30 minutes or you can just meet him for coffee. Got to be honest, like, you know, right. You'll kind of know right right away away Mm -hmm. if it's for your life in the moment Mm -hmm. or if it was just a really great coffee. Like, that's kind of what I also said was, you know, every, even the ones that were not awesome were awesome because I took away something from them or grew in some way from the awkwardness that was like, that was so powerful for me to sit through what I thought was terrible, (laughs) but also find something Mm -hmm. awesome. So yeah, it was a really, it was, the whole thing was great. The energy exchange is, I think, an important piece people don't think about. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about that now. Just like, you know, sometimes I'll meet with a friend or someone I'm like kind of becoming friends with and I'll feel just like depleted by the end. Yeah. Wait, why do I feel depleted? Can I do this more than Mm. once? Is this like a pattern or is this kind of how it's going to be? And same with me, if I'm like just dumping and there, you know what I mean? I think it's important to have that awareness. That's such Mm. a good point. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes when I feel, um, if I feel depleted or if I feel like, oh, maybe that wasn't a match. Sometimes I like to, go, I'm an analyzer. So mm-hmm. if you can't tell already. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we love self-development. Right. It's all the same. I feel like honey. It's all the same. I'll, I'll kind of go back to it and be like, where was I not asking for what I needed? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. was I? Because so for me, I've got a historical pattern of thinking that I like, or of getting my value and validation from needing to help people. Mm -hmm. And then if I can't help people, like I don't feel good about myself. So what does that mean though, for me on my end of, am I feeling refilled? I was never allowing the other person. I don't know if it's just because I thought maybe they couldn't help me. Like who are you to help me? Like I wasn't seeing their value and also being able to help me. Um, so I was showing up as the fixer in everything, like never allowing them, ne- never having me be vulnerable enough to say, 
you know, they're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm fine. How are you? How can we help you? How can we, you know, diving right into that feeling incredible validation from being able to help leaving going, why am I so drained? Well, you never actually said how you feel. You never really asked for help around something because you made the assumption that they couldn't help. When now I'm doing this thing where I'm like, how, how do I know what this person could help me with. Like, who am I to judge and be like, because of maybe where, and I'm just being so honest right now. Like we kind of, or go with our friends and try to find those people who are like, where are we at right now? Like, could she help me with this? Is she energetically at the same place? And the more open I've become to just even lingering longer in conversations, like really going, okay, why did this woman appear in front of my life right now? And not assuming it's for me to help her anymore, where that's what I used to assume. And when you're open to that, sometimes they just give you like this nugget of wisdom that makes you say, God, I'm such an asshole for like mm-hmm. writing this person off. Like mm-hmm. God is so hilarious. Like he works in the funniest ways. Whatever you believe, whatever you want to call it, like whatever that energy is, I think is so humorous and we're missing it all the time because the the gold is buried in the people and the places that we were either like wrote off intimidated by or whatever that looks like. I'm like, wow, I totally wrote this woman off for three years of my life. And I, I'm like so embarrassed and astounded by her wisdom and like what value she just poured into me that I would have just like been like, well, what is she going to add to my life? Like she's not doing what I'm doing, like, or going here, going there. Like, Mm -hmm. isn't that crazy? Yeah. I feel like too, it's like my thing, what you're talking about is the person in front of you being your teacher is that I lately or the past like six months with almost 30, I just have such a problem with, and as a projector, you know, being in situations where I'm not getting something. Mm. And that doesn't mean I always am taking, but it means that I am able to do something there. I am able to give someone something. I'm able to learn something. I'm able to do something. Mm -hmm. I like to be somewhere, do something, learn, figure out what it is and leave. I don't, I don't like to just be around. Yeah. You know, and so I'm trying to learn and be patient. So when I have situations with people that come up to us or something like that, and, you know, just be in the moment and kind of see them as a teacher and just be as present as I can with what they're saying. And that's what I'm just trying to do with every situation. I'm like, what is this moment? Or like, what are you trying to teach Mm -hmm. me, you know, with this person in front of me? Mm -hmm. That can be so hard though, because we have... It's so hard. Shit to do. It's so hard, honestly. Yeah, I'm like... Go, go, go. So it's... Yeah, but I know exactly, but I... It's exactly. hard to chill. It's hard to chill. I can't like... And maybe they don't... Maybe there is nothing there, but, yeah. but it could just be like, you know, holding space for each other. You'll feel it maybe mm-hmm, the next mm-hmm. day. Like, oh, wow. That, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Taking time to just... Even mm-hmm. like writers or listeners or whatever, having a conversation that lasts maybe three three to five more minutes than I wanted it to. Right. But I'm like, but I always, I catch yep. myself. I'm like, I hit a point where I'm like, okay, this should, I got to go. Yeah. And then, and then I sit in it. I'm like, okay, do you really have to go? Cause you could probably make that up in the shower. Mm-hmm. You could probably make it up in the, in the yes. parking garage. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's just giving it that much more. It's a little bit of like endurance. It totally. It always is. pays off. You're always mm-hmm. like, totally. Okay, I feel a little bit more peaceful if I, like, if I would have ran out of there, yes, I would have probably felt a little anxious mm-hmm. that I did that instead just sitting in it. Yeah. And yes. for 
you know, when you're doing what you're doing or, you know, the podcast or anything like that, if you're in self-help or if you're a public figure in any capacity too, like people want to give back to you. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're on your podcast every week. We're on our podcast every week. Like we don't feel like it. Cause I feel like I'm just authentically being myself. And yes, it is my like divine pleasure to like give to people. And that's why we work so hard, but people, when they see, you know, they just want to give back and like mm-hmm. talk to you, you know? Cause it's like, they feel like we've been talking to them or with yeah, them kind totally. of for like weeks and weeks. So it's like, they just want to give back to you. Yeah. But it's not even that with listeners. It's just any conversation. I just mm-hmm. have such a hard time, like being grounded in it and like seeing what the value is. If I'm just like, so laser focused on my mission, you know? Oh my God. I There were years where I was so laser focused on the mission. Like yeah. I would show up in a room with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, because well, I think you're her, her. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I think like in the business that you're in too, like I'm sure you've been to like a, a, a talk with someone who are like, okay, so when you go to a networking thing or a yes. people, yeah. you go in there and you should try and get three not, three emails. And yeah. You know, it's like, we're yes. kind of conditioned mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, so I think it's important to have like an intention, mm. but I think in an, because I've been playing with this, right? This mm-hmm. is legitimately my life's like, right now going on. It, for the past couple of years, I've been doing this because I've been showing up in the rooms, which you guys are doing too, in a big way. Yeah. So what happens when you show up in the rooms? And what I mean by that is the rooms with all the people that you want to be mixing with, learning from, being with, connected to, working with, it's very easy to get an agenda and feel like if you don't connect, this was your one opportunity or how can I get in front of this person in an authentic way? And it's like, now, instead of my agenda of, I have to meet this person, I have to connect here, I have to do that. I hold the intention that I want to connect with them. I'm like, I want to connect in an organic way, but I'm going to leave it up to God, to whatever, to spirit, to like let, if it doesn't happen here, there's going to be another opportunity. I'm not saying to just go in there freely, like somewhat see if you can be around or but the craziest thing happens when I only hold an intention. The last two years, it's just, it's we know it's not crazy. It's miraculous. So I'll set that massive intention. I would love to meet this person, just connect in an organic way. I would love to see, you know, if I could get this woman on my podcast or whatever this looks like. So what will happen is sometimes I will like this happened at, do you guys remember when awe was here? It was it was amazing women entrepreneurs. It was at Wanderlust. Wow. So it was just like these incre- all of these incredible women, and I went in there just like okay, mm-hmm. I w- I would love to meet these pr- these people. I would love to like make some really good connections while I'm here. But what ended up happening is I met like really nobody I wanted to meet, but I met all of the people who knew the people that I wanted to meet. And they ended up later connecting me or telling me like in a, the most miraculous way and sending them my way. Mm-hmm. Tell me that that is not when you can just hold the intention so firmly like one woman. I, oh, and I also said to myself, you are going to be open to every conversation with everyone. You're going to linger longer. So I meet one woman in the bathroom and it's like, she connects me to someone that I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, cause I just, I started talking to people. I don't normally talk to people in the bathroom. I'm not that girl. I was the girl who was like, I'm just going to totally talk to everybody who's near me. Because if you really believe everyone near you is put near you for a reason, Mm. all of a sudden you realize that they really are. And that will start to freak you out. Cause then you're like, I missing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like at Whole Foods. Like, I know. Absolutely. For real honestly, though. Because exactly. there's magic in every moment though. So honestly, we are missing magic in every moment, but there's only so much energy that we have. So you have to be okay with really following the intuition of like, 
no, I'm feeling a little introverted right now. I know there's magic here, which is so kick-ass that I can tap into it when I want to, but I'm I'm good now. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to get my Kavita and get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> really. Um, something you mentioned earlier and that we've talked about on the podcast, because we have on almost 30, you know, tons of women, entrepreneurial women, or, you know, amazing women that are doing things to support other women. How do you feel like, or what does it look like to truly support women? Mm. So to truly support women, I have groups of women in my life that I, so I kind of have the inner circle diehards that we are, their business is legitimately my business, no joke. And my business is their business. And when I say business, I mean our actual monetary businesses and also our lives are however we can help each other in whatever way we are going to show up for each other. But we also respect each other's time within that. So I can definitely tell you there's not you know, texts every day going back and forth. Like, I need your help. I need your help. It's like, I know when I really need these women because when we show up, it's not a little bit. It's like all in. It's like, I'm flying across the country mm-hmm. <laughs> to come and support you at your stuff. Mm-hmm. So my inner circle isn't all here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I have women flying in for some of my book stuff. I have uh, these certain women fly in for every single event. They're like, do you need a speaker? Do you need this? Okay. I'm also not going to take it personal if you don't want me at this one. Like it's totally, mm-hmm. it's just a conversation about asking them, what does support mean to you? Because what support means to me looks different than what it means to them. You know, cause some of them are like, well, it means like, I would love for you to be at my three events for the year. Okay, cool. Cause that's not what it means for me. I don't care if you're there, but I sure would love if you show up for when I'm launching my book and we send it to your list and we create a program for your list. And it looks like this for me. Is that cool for you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you, are we going to do that? Yes. Great. So it's a conversation and it's like, are you okay with this? Does that sound okay? And also for me, if it's not okay with them to not take it personal, but know that we're going to show up in the best possible way to support each other. Mm. So it's really like having the conversation and being clear about what look what support looks like for you and what support looks like for them. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Because it's totally different for one person to the next. And then to make that assumption and you show up supporting them in that way. And they're like, yeah, Yeah. I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah. But here when, you know, my life's falling apart and I need help with my relationship, that's when I want you. Yeah. So why, why do women need a tribe? Mm. Like dudes have their thing, but dudes don't have a tribe. Mm. You know, like, what is it about that mentality, that system that like women need? So the the crazy thing is, is like, I actually looked at a lot of men's relationships to start talking about tribe with women because they, they flow more. Like they don't have most of them. I don't want to categorize all men, but a lot of them, as I was like really looking at, you know, how my, my, my husband, my husband (laughs) functions and navigates through his relationships. And it was like, he didn't have these crazy expectations around needing this guy to be this and getting upset when he does this. He was just like, well, that was annoying. You know, he just gets irritated with someone. Then he does this crazy thing (laughs) or he'll call, he'll call him or, or then let it go. Like, or he'll be like, Hey dude, that wasn't cool. Oh my God. (laughs) What a concept. That wasn't cool. Like that bothered, you know, that kind of bothered me when you did that. Like, 
I was like, well, what and are you doing? Guys too are like, oh, that's all, that's waters for you. You know, like oh, that's like yeah. fangmen for you. Like he always does the same thing, but they attribute it to their personality. Yeah, and like then an they just let it thing. go. Yeah, the accepting thing. So that's They're a like, huge that's part them, too. Whatever. Because you yeah. know what? I have so many women that it's freed me up so much to say, you know what? That's who she is. That's from her past. Like, I, and if it may not ever change, am I okay with still getting the good parts of her in my life and also accepting these other parts? Now, I think there's so many different layers. And when you say like, why do women need a tribe? There's so, I think there's, it's just like that, right? There's the inner, there's the next layer, the next layer, the next layer, the next layer. Then there's the women who maybe are your, you know, your, your fitness tribe and your, you know, your, every month wine night tribe or whatever that looks like for you, whatever you need, your your dance tribe, like whatever you like to go and do on your own, your pottery making tribe, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are these groups of people that now you're supporting yourself in your own personality. Like what parts of your personality need the most support? Really, you know, your inner circle is really the people who you feel like you could bring anything to, mm-hmm. like your darkest, darkest stuff. And there's probably not going to be a lot of them. There's probably only going to be two or three. And we're lucky if we have two or three, right? Um, sometimes we only have one. But then outside of that, there needs to be another layer of people that you are willing to have like pretty good connections with. And I think that the thing that's missing is just um, the facilitator, which is also why the book, I don't want to refer back to it, but really we need to learn how to facilitate relationships, but we need them so bad because there are so many parts of us that cannot be fulfilled by just one person. So before I had a tribe, it was like, I really was relying on my husband for so many more parts of me to uh, be able to analyze with him to why don't, why aren't you interested in meditating with me? Like, I'm so upset. Like, well, Mm -hmm. that's not his place. Like I need to go get the people who can fill those parts of me as well. And we can connect over that. I don't want to say fill, but you know, those people who can also go there with you and connect with you over that. So no one person can be everything for you. It's too much Honestly, if you're holding even one or two people, it's like holding them hostage. Like Mm -hmm. you have these massive expectations. It's way too much pressure. It's like you definitely want Mm. to be friends with the woman who has other friends. 100%. (laughs) Because I have been friends with people who do not have other friends and it is like so much pressure Mm -hmm. to have to be at every single thing, be their conversation for everything that goes wrong, be, you know, that everything person for them. And and also know that if you're on a pedestal with them, you are going to fall off and you're going to fall off hard. Mm -hmm. That's, it's way too much. It's almost like, you know, it's coming. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time with that when people are really like dependent on me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like allergic to them. <laughs> oh, I'm literally allergic to them. It's Me too. Weird. He does not like it's it. It's crazy. Well, I, but I also have to be like, I'm like, okay, so maybe they just need me for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? I disagree. You like that. <laughs> I'm totally like that. I, I and then I feel bad because I literally am just like this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I stiff arming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm like, Lynn's, you need to be a little bit more compassionate. Mm-hmm. But I can there the energy is just so intense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's how to metabolize that kind mm-hmm. of energy too mm-hmm. in a way that one won't make me feel like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And two won't make them feel less than because I don't mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. Either. <laughs> you know? I, I am I mean I am just like that is, if Chris was in here, he would be like, Lori, you? I had to go to the extreme. I, I, I do so much work around this still because even in my inner circle mastermind, and my mastermind knows this, and I write it in the book, I am resistant to showing up. <laughs> 
because I'm still like, I have to be somewhere and I'm committed to people. And that is like a huge challenge for me, except I was so, there was such a huge part of me that was like feeling not fulfilled because I wasn't, I also didn't feel like I had those people who would run through a wall for me, like who I just knew would like, when you have something in your life, like I just knew no matter what would come up, I was so supported. So I had some work to do around, and I'm not saying this is your work at all. I had some work to do around committing to people. I was like, that's so scary, like Mm -hmm. committing to people. Cause I've always, when I commit to people, I get hurt or Mm -hmm. it takes too much time or it's not what I thought it would be. Or, you know, because I'm not letting any room in for what it should be or what it is because I'm always trying to control or like (laughs) manipulate what I want it to be or I have an agenda for my day and this is interrupting my day and I need to go somewhere and I'm achiever and I have things to do and this is going on and if you're just an obstacle. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have to remember like, no, this is so valuable. Like this time invested is actually paying off... a. I mean, a zillion fold. We can't even put a number on what it's paying off when you actually commit. But I needed to commit with boundaries. That's literally why I wrote this book is because the more I talked about it, the more I learned that there's millions of us Mm -hmm. because we just, especially if you are goal-oriented, you will make every excuse in the book as to why you can't connect or you don't want to connect or why you think women don't understand you or why they don't get you or why it's just too much energy. But it's not the truth. It's like if we had a conversation around it and we had boundaries, we could be connecting and actually adding value, mm-hmm. like way more value to each other. It's just, I knew, I was like, what What do I need? There was a question, I was talking to Gabby Bernstein once and she was like, I said, like, what do you do when you start to feel like crazy or like you don't, you know, you're in a situation that you don't know what to deal with, or you just don't know what your next step is, or you're in something that you can't, you can't, you know, get through. And she's like, I just asked myself, what do I need to feel safe in this? Like, what do I need to feel safe? And for me, when I asked that question, it was, I need boundaries in a conversation. And for me, introducing that in all relationships was like enormous. Mm. It was one of the biggest things I thought, oh, so I can have these and I can have this. I can have both if I'm willing to have the super tough conversations. What does the boundary look like? Mm -hmm. An example of a boundary. Mm -hmm. So if there's a relationship that I want in my life, but I'm a little freaked out by it, Mm -hmm. it'll be like, hey, you know, I would love to connect with you, but right now I'm just going to be super honest. I only have time for an hour a month. That's it. I have that conversation all the time. And if people get butt hurt from it and they're like, an hour, wow, thanks. Like, wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just not my people right now. Mm-hmm. Does it mean it's not going to expand? Of course it can expand. But if I need that boundary to feel safe to start getting to know someone, and honestly, some haven't expanded and they're my best friends in the world. Mm-hmm. But you know, I meet every other hour or I meet every other week for an hour. And that's just what me and this group of women do that I write about in the book. And that hour is so intense and so beautiful that we don't need more time than that. We show up at each other's, you know, like die, like events, like we do the diehard things when we, when they say we need each other. But even then I'm like, I know your life is busy. I'm going to let you off the hook. Like don't come to this event. So we get really realistic of also not holding an expectation for each other. Having the conversations, like if someone disappoints you or if you're like, you know, I would really like you here. Or I'm, you know, we had a, a conversation once where I forgot to invite one of them to an, an event, like an actual like invite. And she was like, I, I feel so terrible. Like I, 
did you not want me there? And it was just a, but it was an open conversation around it. I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said this because otherwise you would have held this in and I wouldn't have known. So just super open conversations about when you do, we have a thing about if there's any energy, any energy that's off, like in your solar plexus, anywhere in your body that doesn't feel right, like we have to say it and we'll know that it's just a clearing. So for us, we're always about the clearing. Like what, what do you need? What do you need to clear? Because we always want this to be clean. So if it's not clean, that's when a relationship can start to like, you start to move away from it, right? You don't want to go to an energy that doesn't feel good. So can you bring it up? Can you talk about it? How can you have the conversation? Because I think it's Tim Ferriss who says, the level of success you have in life will be dependent upon the amount of tough conversations you're willing to have, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the truth. And it's about, if you want great relationships, you're probably going to have a tough conversation every single day, right? Like if you're in a relationship, Chris and I have conversations that aren't, you know, easy every single day. Like, hmm, well that, especially when you work with them, Mm -hmm. didn't like how you spoke to me there. I would prefer to be spoken to like this, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially in your female relationships, otherwise they're disposable. Oh, I didn't like that. Not going to talk to her. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to do that. Mm -hmm. It's just like wall and people feel it. So I think it's just all, honestly, the book is just a facilitator of conversation. It's like, if you're getting blocked, you're not talking, Mm -hmm. you're holding it in. You set up the seven agreements, which I think are amazing. We talked about the no gossip, the fierce boundaries. Um, The other one was um, always be your own guru. What do you mean Mm. by that? So I think sometimes we can go into, there's a couple different things that are in there. We can go into relationships thinking that we either need to be the coach. Because I used to think like, oh, I have to show up as the coach. I always have Mm -hmm. to have this great thing to tell them. Like if I don't add value to their life or I can't coach them through this, like I'm not going to be a good friend totally not the case. Obviously, we can learn questions to help guide your friends or the people in your life to their own answer because we are always our own guru. We always know exactly what to do if we sit and we're quiet and we ask the right questions, right? Like we we know what to do. And when we're searching externally, it's like if I'm looking for another event or another book, I'm like, I still don't know. And I'm still looking for someone to tell me what to do. It's like you um, most likely are going to get mad at the person who coaches you wrong or gives you bad advice. And <laughs> It's a huge responsibility to, it's like having radical responsibility and taking ownership over you knowing that you are going into a relationship energetically as this is your responsibility. Like they cannot fix you. They cannot help you. They are a guide. They are there to support you. And I think what that does is it relieves both parties of saying, oh, I don't have to be your coach. I don't have to guide you. We're not going into this relationship because I'm relying on you in any way. It's like really teaching how to have conversations that are not um, creating coaches within the relationships. I think especially as women, are we we really come into like the self-development arena and we feel like we have to be, like if we show up as this wise guru who can, she always says the best stuff, but then a lot of times that can be a lot of pressure and it can also be not the best advice. Like sometimes you can be telling someone something. I don't know about you, but I've been in relationships where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I actually don't know if that's great advice for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then you feel like you need to take their advice or you'll let them down or they think something about it. It's more, how do we guide each other to all of our own, more of our own purpose and authenticity? And it's learning those conversations. I'm not saying you can't help your friend when you, you know, when you know they could use what it would look like, you know, if you gave them some advice, but freeing them up to be like, I'm going to share my experience and then you pull whatever you need from it. 
but I never want, you know, my experience to also like put a fog over where you're at if it's not for you. So it's, it's, I think it's just free, a freedom conversation for both parties. Yeah. Love that. Can you talk about the role of social media in tri- like building tribes? Like, do you think that social media could, you could build a tribe online through Instagram or do you think like, what are some mm-hmm. tips and tools for women? I think it can be the beginning of tribe for mm-hmm. sure. I think social media has changed my entire life. Like it's mm-hmm. built my tribe. I met the, so the two women that I wrote about in the book, I met one of them online. Like we just were in the same arena. I knew she did, she did fitness and um, she was all about healing foods. Like that's all I knew about her. And she had done some, she was always putting out videos and things like that. And I thought, oh, she's doing what I want to be doing. And we kind of knew of each other. Like she had seen my name a couple of times. I'd seen her name a couple of times and, and we were like, oh, we should connect. But when we connected, she was pretty straightforward. And I also was looking for, I wanted to do a mastermind. Like I'd heard about these things that these guys did where they got together, like, and they talked about business and they were super open about it. And I was like, I want to do that, but with women and with life. Like I want to do that with women talking about business and life, like have it be both. Like, could we do that? And so this was my intention to have a mastermind. And she got a, we had ended up connecting, like just messaging each other, like, hey, I see you kind of do this or whatever. We should try to connect one day. So we had tried to connect and like nothing happened for like another year. Mm-hmm. And we ended up connecting from like another message. I'm trying to think where we connected or if it was just on a phone call. Can't actually remember. And when we ended up talking, it was like, well, I would love to connect, but I really only have X amount of time. And I really want to connect over supporting business and life. Like we both came to this agreement. We're like, why don't we just do this thing? Cause she knew about masterminding too. So I had brought it up and she's like, okay, this is amazing. Let's do that. So she goes, I just met this woman in Costa Rica. It was really random. We were at a juice bar. I really liked her. I got her name. Why don't we invite her? I go, okay. I had no clue who this woman was. <laughs> so we're like, okay, great. Let's meet next week. Let's do this hour long thing. Let's split it up evenly 20 minutes each and just see what happens. And like, we'll get to know each other on this first one. So we'll kind of like go through this list of questions. Like we did the structure. So I come out, like I get on the call, super resistant, like, okay, what, who am I going to meet? Like, what is going on right now? And no idea who this woman is. And, you know, it's typically, it wasn't really like they had kids. Like I wasn't in that place of connecting with women with kids either. So I was kind of like, okay, we'll see what this can do. And I walk (laughs) out of the room (laughs) an hour later and I'm like, my life was totally changed. Like I had not had a deep conversation like that. We ended up talking um, on that first one. I think it was longer. I think it was like two hours because I think it was a get to know you one. And it was like, I had not had a deep connection like that that fast in my entire life. I was like, I will run through a wall for these women. Mm. And not saying that that happens all the time, but Nine times out of 10, if you are doing that and you're kind of connecting over similar things, you could create, you can facilitate a really deep connection when you learn about people. And so two weeks later, we met again for an hour. You know, we talked about business and life. It was like, okay, what's coming up for you right now around your business? What do you need support with? And what's coming up for you around your life? And then you just talk for about 15 minutes. And at the end of the 15 minutes, which actually is a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're doing that every two weeks, all you really need is to talk straight for 15 minutes. Mm. Everything ends up coming out. And then if you want some time, some feedback, it's just like the last five minutes, I'm like, okay, guys, I would love a little like feedback. Do you have anything about it? And so five minutes of feedback, then the next person goes 15 minutes of what's up for them right now. What do they need support around? Do they have any resources? Okay. Do you want feedback or not? Or do you just want to talk this week? You know, Mm -hmm. and then other weeks, you know, Lynn's will get on the phone sometimes and she's like, 
life is really great or, you know, I'm good. Like I want to give you guys the extra five minutes or whatever that looks like. But we're just committed to that time. And it is, it's changed my entire life. I can legitimately trace back um, everything that has gone right to that. And also you can use it in another way as well. So when we have, when we have big things coming up in our life, like, like I had a huge call with a publisher that I was like, I had these huge expectations around and I was like, this is either going to go really right or it's going to go really wrong. And I said, the call is at this time. Can we schedule a call for 15 minutes when it's done? 15 minutes after it's done. I said, I'm going to want support either way, either to celebrate or to cry. And the call was the worst call of my life. Like basically like, you know, cause they just, most publishers don't give a shit about how they're telling you they don't like you. So it went something like this. It was like, we usually go with people who have millions of followers. So like five and above. So we wouldn't even look at you. And your message is really basic. And this is not new. So we would not do this book because of that. And you have, you know, nothing, there's nothing special about you. Like there's no, you have nothing that's making you stand out. (laughs) Okay, well, this is my life's work. And so I'm like, boom, 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 like just, you know, pummeled by this person who- Doesn't even know you. Doesn't know you. So (laughs) I was like, okay, awesome. So I'm like holding the space, like, okay. And you guys, this, I mean, that happens so much. That happens so many times that you just kind of are like, whoa, but this was a really big one that I just was kind of thought this would be really freaking. I mean, how do you get that meeting? It was a friend had set me up on that meeting and then the kind of the meeting, like the the language through the meeting was like, I shouldn't have taken this meeting. Like, how did you get here? Um, So then it was even worse. I was like, oh my God. But they said it in like this weird, nice way. But they but said they all those things. Said it so many times yeah, before. 100%. Exactly. It's almost like they didn't even do the research to really like dig in and realize that this is something new. But also, you know what I mean? Like totally. And like, I was actually so. Like, that's exactly it. It's their job, right? How many people do they have to get on the phone and say this to and like make it a firm no? Because it's almost like I could feel in my intuition of just like knowing this is kind of how this person has to speak to speak to me, so we can just get done with what this is, Mm. you get all the answers of why, even if it's not the why, because, you know, then people after we're like, but why, but why, but why? And it's like, it kind of cuts off all energy, right? Which is what he needed to do. That was his job for the day was to cut off the energy from this conversation and move on to the next. So thank God that I could kind of see that. But anyway, afterward, it didn't make it any better. Mm. But 15 minutes later, I had this call, right? So something that would have you know, and I was like bawling and like, oh my God, do I have to go back to the drawing board? What was I thinking? Like, I'm, I have nothing good to say. Like all of these things that come up that if I would not have had this call, I would have sat in that for the next day, the next week, no joke. You know, I would have felt that and just probably cried, been energetically affected for a week to two weeks to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have the call and I'm not even kidding you. You connect with two women who see you, you will see yourself again. My comeback rate was like two hours. Mm-hmm. done, moving on, next call, right next. And it was like, it, I kept the energy up and ended up like surpassing my vision for a book deal, like mm-hmm. surpassing it times literally, even uh, monetary wise, like times 10, because everyone was telling me these stories, but this group was telling me another story and they were tapping me back into another story. Like, mm-hmm. so if I did not have that rooted connection with tribe tapping me back into another story, my it's like my comeback rate would be so slow. I wouldn't be ready for the pace of 
of what we don't know we're getting into. And now they sustain my pace, like in a really manageable way. And that's what it does for me. It's a two week check-in of what does my soul need right now? What do I need? Where am I at really mentally? Like, what am I saying? What's the uh, voice in my head saying about myself? Let me check that at the table. Let me tell you what it's saying. Let's get back to like who we are. So it's been the most, it's so powerful. Wow. That is... I'm about to start my own. Yeah, well, I mean, you really need one. He knew. I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have one? You, you, like well, for real, I, I, they're I, I insane. About, like, I mean, I have like best friends back home mm-hmm. and, and we don't see or talk to each other as much as I'd like. And yeah. I always think about that. I'm like, yeah. I do send them a text that's like, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Hope you have a great day type of thing every mm-hmm. once in a while. But to have that check-in once every two weeks or something like that, where it's like, hey, what's going on? Like all of us on like a Zoom call, like all It's up. game changing. I literally got chills like yeah. because I think it will change your life. Yeah. And I do it in the morning. Like we do it early or we try to do it where it's like not, you're not going to cancel. Believe me, it's annoying doing it early in the morning, but you grab your coffee you and you're on, like, yeah. you're on and you turn, you power down your cell phone. Like it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. We open up with a, a prayer and intention and a meditation. Mm-hmm. So boom, you're already doing your meditation for like mm-hmm. three minutes with them. It's like instant rooting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's magical. Are they all entrepreneurs as well? Kind of in the same space. Um, the Lindsay at first was not, okay. um, but then she be, like she knew she was going to be one be, because she had a past of also support, like being in business and supporting yeah. her husband with the business. They ended up selling their company mm-hmm. for whatever, and they were good for a while. Mm-hmm. So now she's back in the space of like business and retreats and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff like that. So, so they are kind of like in your same totally. Okay, okay. okay. That's what I was thinking about too, though. Is I find that like if I was to talk with my friends. Mm-hmm. all over. It's like, we, you know, our conversations are so different. Mm-hmm. So it would have to be someone that people that would be like in the same maybe space. I mean, yeah, I think that's effective, but also yeah. maybe it's just a With soul that, check-in. How are you guys it's doing? It's kind of it what you want to do. Necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's like where, so if you're feeling more like you're, you want your soul supported, just like friends, mm-hmm. like that major, like you have that, th- that's what you would build yours on. If you feel more right. like, wow, I could really have use more business accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you create a friendship within it. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling more called to like-minded women around what you're doing, you would reach out to them like with the book saying, this is what I'm doing. It's like a mastermind, but here's some structure. Mm. And that's just, now ours is both. It's like business and life. So it's, it's great. That is so special. That's so amazing. What are you excited about this year? Besides Mm. this? I mean, honestly, I'm excited to watch what happens when women know how to connect. Yeah. I think it's going to be, if, not if, when they really start doing this. I am excited for what I want from, what I desire from the book, like the aftermath of the book is I want to start, well, I'm starting something right now called Tribe Talks Mm -hmm. where you go and I am interviewing uh, two to three other women where it's just picture like the view, but we're actually talking about how to support each other. Mm -hmm. So it's real support. It's what do the women who have strong tribes and who are really successful or uh, women who have close social circles, what does it actually look like? What are the conversations? What are the boundaries? What's missing? You know, in, in the tough stuff too, like the gossip, like how do you deal with gossip? Mm-hmm. Just real topics, but also ending in a really good place. Mm-hmm. So we are always just teaching more communication among women because I think we don't know it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, we can hear people say, 
oh, well, this is what you need to do. You need to set a boundary. You need to have this tough conversation, but no one's talking about the aftermath of what your family says to you or does, or your friend does to you and says these horrible things. Now you have to see her all the time and you're in pain. Like what happens with that? Like mm-hmm. that is what we need to talk about is the going through. So that's with the book. I want all of these tribes all over. I want to be able to see, you know, who has a really strong tribe. I want to go fly to them. I want to interview them. And I want to also do um, like tribe talk, events as well, where it's just, you're listening to panels of different tribes and also mm. connecting different tribes of women. That. Yeah. Oh my God. Cause I just feel like if we all learned how to support each other, we would never have to ask for anything. Yeah. Like we put a book out, we'd all be New York times bestsellers. Cause we'd yeah. be like, Oh, tribe over here, tribe over here. Let's send this out. Let's do this. Or we'd be like, okay, you've got a launch coming up. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z instead of having this lack mindset, because it's total bullshit. Like mm-hmm. the more I support women, the more I'm like a magnet for abundance. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So if we can teach that, like rally for each other, you know, you have your group of, you know, anywhere from four to five to 10 that you're like, okay, this is all the energy I have for the diehards. Mm. But if we all showed up when someone had something, we would never need anything ever. Mm. It'd be all taken care of. Mm. So it's like making that, it's obviously a lot of work, but it's also really beautiful, like a lot of soul work, Mm. but it's not as much time as we think. Like, Mm. I don't ever think it's a time thing for me. Mm. It's only like an hour every other week. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) It's not hard. I think that's when people get tripped up. Mm-hmm. They think it's going to knock them off their normal routine yeah. or take away from what they already have going. No, no, no I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. It's really, that's the excuse. Mm-hmm. It's added to my life. And I just want to say one last thing. Yeah. The reason why it's added so much is when they're like, oh, it's going to knock me off my routine. Okay, well, what if in that conversation, the thing you were going to spend the next week researching, they said, I have someone. That's what happens every call. Oh, I know someone. I have someone. I'll connect you to them. Uh, okay. Yeah. You just took away my week of what I was going to do and all my extra time. Thank you for connecting totally. me with someone who already knows how to write amazing copy and has done a launch, your launch. So now knows like that. it's life changing. So you have to look at it that way. It's not just you're open to all the resources and all the abundance and they shift your perspective on things and save you energy and time and, and mm-hmm. give back to your life. Mm-hmm. I know you've been like laser focused with this book for so long now. <laughs> like does... Is there anything like as you kind of like birth it and let it go out there that you are like, is it, are there any fears coming up? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you articulate those? Just yes. so we know you're human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So last week was horrendous. Like I was like, what is going on? Like I was just like crying in the mornings. Like your soul cycle class was like, oh my God. Aww. Like I, everything was just insane because I wrote a lot of personal stuff about my mom. Um, and I knew that she, cause I can't tell my story without telling part of her story. And she knew I told parts of stories, but, and I told them in very loving ways, but it's when it's your mother too, you just, you know, because I got a lot of my anxiety from watching her anxiety and I say it. And I also am really honest about, you know, what happened to, you know, my mindset and just your life when you hear the word fat over and over in your family or when all of the women are constantly on a diet or when they're constantly saying we're fat, just wait, it's genetics or whatever. You know, it was my truth while I was while I was writing it and I knew it had to come through. Like I was positive and you just forget that then it's going to come out. But when you're writing something otherworldly comes over you and makes you write it. Mm. 
And I remember even reading it during edits and I'm like, no, that has to be there. Like it has to be there. If I really want to help people move through this and hopefully my family will like see that this is helping people. And I write it from a really loving space. Like I didn't want to throw anyone under under the bus, but regardless, if it was me reading it about me, I would be, you have moments of being upset. So I knew I had to tell my mom everything that was in it before it came out. So this was just last week. She also didn't know about like Mexico. So like I never told anything because I, such a religious upbringing that I had so much shame around it. I thought Mm. that was my fault. I was wearing a small dress. I was super drunk. Mm. Um, So she just didn't know that I even did that, right? That I drank or even did stuff like that. Totally broke her heart. Like just felt sick, didn't know how to process it. She's still processing it. Like it's, crazy, but beautiful. Yeah, it was so the most freeing, yeah. beautiful conversation. But yeah, there's there's so much of that. And also just wondering, people are going to read it and what, what are they going to think? But at the same time, you have to just, you have to go to the place of faith at all times. Like I'm just like full-time faith. You made me write it. You put, it's coming out for a reason. Like that voice. And last thing, like, I mean, the Mexico story, I mean, that voice seemed to, from a young age, mm. just like be there. Mm-hmm what is it saying now? Like Mm, it is saying loosen your grip and like, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna come out. It's, it has a soul of its own. It's totally going to be something incredible, but it's going to look different than you think. So I'm releasing, but that's what it's saying. It's just like, just wait, but it's going to be different. Yeah. So that feels like truth. <laughs> How can we support you? How can we and our audience support oh, you? Oh, you're so supporting me right now. Um, but honestly, I think the book will change lives. Mm-hmm. So give the book a chance mm-hmm. to change your life. Like whether if you're intimidated by the thought of tribe, you don't have to read it with a tribe first. Like you can still be super entertained and get a lot of takeaways on how you can just have better conversations with your friends, with your family, in your life. Like you can totally shift the energy of your relationships in your life alone with the book. Mm -hmm. But if you do the work of the book, you will open up something that is like you can't even imagine you had access to and it will accelerate um, your goals, your connections. It's like a new, it's a new language. And when we learn something new, it's like you get open to the just new horizons, new perspectives. So if you do the book, that's a whole other world, but that would be the most beautiful support is just give the book a chance to do its magic. Mm-hmm. Get the book, buy the mm-hmm. book. You should do a book giveaway. <laughs> oh, let's and do, oh, I'm doing a book giveaway. Lauriharder.com <laughs> slash free book. Yes. Free book Dang. or books? Free book, forward book. slash free book. Yep. Dang. Forward slash free book. So um, lauriharder.com forward slash free book. Um, and you're going to be giving away a ton of books. So you can yeah. enter there. I'm giving away 20 free books to your audience. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. And then, so if you guys, if you are a winner, just make sure you, you know, like do the thing, like you upload yeah. and, and all that fun stuff on Instagram um, and tag me. Spread and, <laughs> but either way, if you enter there, uh, you get a free one hour workshop. So even if you don't get the book or whatever, yes. you get a free one hour workshop on tribe building. I Fuck love yeah. that so much. <laughs> Um, and if you're ever in LA, come to Soul Cycle and see Lori <laughs> killing it in the front row. Like yeah. six. Oh my God. 8 30, Tuesday, Thursday, and Santa Monica. Oh, the feeling um, is mutual. I'm just like, I got to go on Tuesday. You don't get it. Like, I just have to go. Uh, <laughs> it's it's no, real. I, literally, it is 0%. I've just realized, talking about tribe, I'm yeah. sorry, but that group in that room, yeah. like, I feel it's not not about me. I literally could walk out and they, you guys would be 
amazing on your own. Like the energy in there is so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's you, crazy. Hila, Jess, like it's like this chorus of women. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I have chills. And no, when you're gone, it's not the same. But okay, we'll give you, we'll let you say I, that. Okay. <laughs> I know what you but, mean, but I do feel like it's the collective in there. I don't it is. Like and you are holding an insane space for people to show up so huge though. Like mm-hmm. I feel so much permission. And that's so much about, honestly, what this book is about is yeah. you... You hold space for permission to just, that's a really big place for me to go and free myself right away in the morning, listen to amazing music. And you're right, the collective, I like have been levitating out of there lately. Mm -hmm. It is so powerful, like just the songs and I'm having massive visuals in there. And yeah, just if I have a talk coming up and it's been insane. Mm -hmm. Like you're on a whole new level and you know that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Just love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So connect with Lori at Lori Harder on Instagram, LoriHarder.com. Uh, enter the giveaway, LoriHarder.com slash free book and give this book to someone who could use it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick. You they know. need a code for the free book thing. So oh, do yeah. you want it to be almost 30? Yes. yes. Okay. Perfect. So the code that you will enter there is almost 30. Yeah. Almost 30. Perfect. Um, as always. We love you. Yeah, Thank love you so much. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm telling you, I love podcasting. Oh, I know, it's the best. best. <laughs> Bye, guys. We, do we love you. We love you. Bye. <laughs> How nice of Lori to have us over at her place. Oh, her place is a palace. It is. It's so fucking I was nice. like, do I take my shoes off? Do I not take my shoes Honestly. off? Honestly. Do I'm I have like, to like scrub myself before I sit down? It was so nice. We, we I drove past it. I was like, that cannot be it. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm walking in and I'm like, damn, this is like, this is it. <laughs> this is the life, man. It's the best. Yeah. Well, it's motivating, you know? Yeah, for sure. She's been at it for a long time. Her and her husband, Chris, were so sweet to welcome us into their home and record in their podcast studio. Um, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed that episode and we hope that you're inspired to build your tribe and your mm-hmm. community wherever you live. And join it- our fucking tribe, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're part of our tribe. Yeah, you are. If you're in the secret Facebook group too. I mean, that was so cute. The other day, one of the girls was like, can I just say, I feel like I found my tribe. Oh, you know, another girl was like, this is a, the best group on Facebook. I just like love the girls in it. It's been real popping off with some juicy questions. Really, really good. I just, I need to like take it an hour on the treadmill and respond to the juicy questions because those I are know. the best. I know. I'm just, res- I just only had time to respond to certain ones, but. Mm-hmm. And then you have questions from me that are like, does anyone else pee in the shower? Yeah. You're not asking for a friend. Yeah, literally. Real deep. <laughs> real deep. Sometimes I just want to know. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And please check out our tour dates, almost30podcast.com slash tour. Uh, Lori will be sending books to our workshop slash event um, in each city, uh, starting with Chicago. So please grab your tickets. You will receive a book. So exciting. But we're just pumped all around. We'll have a soul cycle ride and a workshop or event. And we cannot wait to meet you. So grab your tickets now. They're almost sold out. I'm all sold out. Grab them while they're hot. All right. We love you guys. Have a great week. Love you. Bye. Bye.